Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Today is Thursday, July 6, 2022, and we are live on the Healing Hour. I am your host, Elder Elisha Cooper, and Pastor Toy is with me on tonight. We're just going to have kind of like a girl's talk or a fireside chat, as some people call it. Um, feel free to tune in at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom or listen by your phone. As always, if you have any questions or comments anytime during this show, please press 1, and we will be able to recognize your call and your comment or or, um, question. Today, we are going to read Psalm chapter 60, I mean, Psalm 61. And it says um, in the NIV version, Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. For you, God, have heard my vow. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Increase the days of the the king's life, his years for many generations. May he be enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint your love and faithfulness to protect him. Then I will ever sing and praise of your name and fulfill my vows, this vows day after day after day. God, we thank you and we honor you tonight. We just, God, we just want to honor you. We want to honor you. We want to give you glory, God. God, we ask that you would be with us tonight, that you would speak through us tonight, that you would give us what to say to your people, and not only to your people but to each other, God. God, we ask that you would just forgive us of any sin we've committed, and God, just just encourage and heal us on tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Pastor Toy, how are you? I am blessed. How are you this evening? I'm good. (laughs) I am here. (laughs) (laughs) I am here. My Lord, I am here. Um, I know we haven't been um, together for a little bit. um, Yes. But I was to be here um, tonight. Uh, hear my cry, oh God, attend unto my prayer. That is how I feel tonight. I literally feel like that tonight. I know I'm not the guest, I'm the I'm the host, um, but, you know, sometimes even the host <laughs> need a little bit of encouragement. Um, Amen. You know, sometimes... Uh, it's like you're in a season where God is trying to do something. You're not, you're not exactly sure what He's doing. You know He is doing, but you don't know what He's doing. Um, 
You know you want to be. You know you need to be still, but you don't want to be still because you don't know what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like you need to wait for instructions, but the wait. Let me make this very clear. Clear the wait. The W E I G H T of waiting. Mm-hmm. W A I ing gets it, it. It gets it gets heavy. It gets heavy. Yes, it does. Waiting for yes, God to, to answer you or to to um, bring things to pass. You know, I think of, I always think about Abram and Sarah when I think about that. Um, and I, I actually preached that before the weight of waiting, and it was like you know God promised them a child, and it was like twenty five mm-hmm. years before the child came. But in the midst of them waiting they created they created their own blessings so to speak they i know god is is speaking i know god is doing this but i'm gonna do it with you know we're gonna bring hagar in the mix because evidently you know god needs some help (laughs) (laughs) and you know when you think about it hagar that she had that child was more confusion or chaos than anything because it wasn't in God's will. Right. But I only can imagine how they were feeling, you know, waiting for this promised child. And, you know, 20 years go past and you still ain't had no child. Here you is, 80 years old, still waiting for God to give you what he promised you. <laughs> mm. And, um, you know, this, that weight is heavy. The the weight is the weight is not only heavy, the weight can be very painful. The weight can be um very uncomfortable. The weight can make you call out to God. Weight can make you say, Guess what, God, never mind. I changed my mind. I didn't know all of this was entailed in that when we first started talking. Like, why do you think that God shows us things in part? Because if he showed us the whole situation of what we had to go through to get that thing that he wanted us to have, that if we be real honest, we could have had from the very beginning without going through some of the things that we go through. But we have to remember, God does not force anything on us. We have to choose him. So it like it, it's funny because when especially when you hear people when they're teaching when they're preaching um you you'll hear people recount one of the histor- historical stories of one of the men or women of the Bible and it's like, okay, well, God told Noah to build an ark. Noah had this ark built in like maybe two, three months. And then after he built the ark, he um, went and gathered up the animal. Like, we think it happened back to back to back to back. But what we don't understand is this, this stuff went on. Like, he, he built he built the ark for like 100 years. It took him yep. 100 years to build that ark. Now, I want you to imagine something. 100 years. 
to build the ark in a place where it had never rained at. The people had never, ever heard about rain because it had not yet rained upon the earth, according to God's word. A dew, a mist would come up from the earth at night. You know, we call it the dew. However, like they in the middle of the desert, they not near an ocean, a lake. You know, they heard of these things, but they ain't never seen these things. And you got this man building an ark talking about y'all better repent because it's fitting the rain. And he got talked about teeth, everything for a hundred years. And although, yes, his sons helped him build the ark, the truth of the matter is at some points I know his son sort of looked at him like he was crazy too. Because he got the call. They didn't. Exactly. It, it, we don't we don't look at the at that part of it. When you look at Abraham and when you look at um I mean Abraham, Sarah and Hagar, like number one, this promise of a child didn't come till she was already past childbearing age. Yep. So the first thing you might have to wait for for God's promise to be fulfilled is for you to get to a point in a place in your life where you are in such a situation that when God shows up, everybody and their mama know it wasn't nothing but God. They know you didn't have a dime to your name. They knew your credit was jacked up. They knew you had just got laid off. They knew everything crazy that could happen in your life was going on, and all of a sudden here you come walking out in blessedness. I'm just, you know. And, and and not, not even them. I'm going to go one better because somebody out there listening might be like, well, I never read no story of a Sarah or a Hagar because we got to remember, everybody that's listening out there, this may be their first time listening in to Purpose Kingdom Network. They may not know Jesus Christ and the pardon of their sins. So I'm going to use me and my walk with Christ. I sat there one day in my younger, younger years and you know, we learn stuff as we're studying and growing spiritually, and we think we know something. So I was like, Lord, I want you to teach me patience. You know what I didn't know when I asked that prayer? That when God teaches you something, he doesn't teach you out of a book. He throws you in. You get on-the-job training. I went through a situation, y'all, for Eight years. Eight. Somewhere around the seventh year, I was like, okay, God, I keep praying for you to remove this, and you usually move on stuff like this. Like, what's going on? And he was like, well, you asked me to teach you patience. So learn some patience. And when that came back to me, it only lasted for maybe a year and a half longer. But what happened first was I got real humble and real quiet in the situation. Because he was doing what I asked him, but eight years for a person that's used to jump into action when something needs to be done. And now I'm sitting there like, why is all this drama going on and why won't this stop and why won't this person go away and leave me alone and I'm not doing nothing to him and I'm even praying for him. Like, what am I doing wrong? And he was like, well, you asked for patience. How'd you think you was going to get it? But it do hurt. Amen to that. It, 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 it 
some of it be like, all right, Lord, do you still love me? <laughs> do you, do you mm. remember what you told me? Like, you said that you know the plans you have for me. And, you know, mm-hmm. you said that it won't be, it won't do me any harm. But why I feel like it hurts so bad, you know, um, it's sometimes it's, I, and people think, oh, you know, the man and woman of God, I never feel like that. They will never feel like God forgot them. Well, even David felt like God forgot him. I mean, even Jesus said, said from the cross, my God, my God, why is thou forsaking me? Um, right. You know, so, like, there are times, especially when you're waiting and you're waiting on God's promise and you're trying not to, uh, you're trying not to, uh, not trust him. I know that's not correct English, but you get what I'm saying. Um, you know, you're trying to trust him in it, and you're trying to stand on his word, and you start to feel like the very thing he promised you is just never coming, um, or you heard wrong, <laughs> or you know, just just and and while it might be, it could be something small. Mm-hmm. It could be something something big. Like with patience, I learned not to ask God for patience because I, I, I recognize that when you ask him for patience, he puts you through some stuff. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't, how about this? I don't have the patience to, to learn patience because I, I can't deal with some of the oh, stuff you. that come along. With I need you to back. know I asked for that thing one time, only once in my life did I ask for it. When that lesson was over, and that was like – Decades ago, when that lesson was over, I want you to know the one thing I never talked to him about again was patience. Like, if you decide to show me something, straighten me up on it, that's your business. We ain't even going to talk about it. And that's sort of where I was with patience. But as you were talking, you know, it's funny because when we talk about the weight of waiting, what we're actually talking about is, like you said, we're W-A-I-T-I-N-G, waiting for that promise that God has promised us, no matter what that promise is. So right. what it actually is is that you are waiting when you talk about the weight, the W-E-I-G-H-T of waiting, you're talking about the total birthing process. We forget that everything that comes into this realm of existence has to be birthed, even in the spiritual realm. Now, a lot of men seem to turn away when we talk about this, but in the spiritual realm, men birth dreams and ministries and gifts and things of that nature also. How you think we got a, a, a cars? How you think we got light bulbs? It used to be fire. It used to be horse and buggy. So, like, men, men, you know, they birth ideas and things too, although women birth actual beings. But in the spiritual, we all birth. And when we look at waiting, thank you, Lord, because I'm talking to myself in this, too. That's why it's so funny that not funny like ha-ha, but 
funny like God, you always moving. When you when you look at waiting, you are looking at the entire birthing process from conception to deliverance. And each stage of that that a female would go through in the physical realm, everyone goes through in the spiritual realm. You have conception. In the physical realm, it's between a male and a female. In the spiritual realm, it's between the Holy Spirit and the individual that God has chosen to bring that thing into fruition in. Now, at conception, most of the time, you don't even know that you conceived anything. Right. Right up front. So everything seems to be going along just great, just dandy. You're going to church. You're going to Bible study. You're having worship. You're having prayer. You're you're reading your word. You're listening to your gospel. You're spending your time with God. I mean, everything is just great. It's groovy. You're in love, and you're just loving it. And what you don't realize that in the midst of all that loving it, God has implanted a seed in you, and that seed is taking root. You're pregnant with something that God is going to bring forth. But you're still in that groove because you don't know yet. And then all of a sudden, stuff starts to get a little uncomfortable. Now, in the physical realm, that means women start running to the bathroom a lot. We start having weird cravings. We start vomiting in the morning because now there is an alternate force inside of us draining from us so that it can have life. Well, that's what's going on in the spiritual realm. That spirit of God has now impregnated itself in you, and now it's draining that negativity out of you as it is trying to grow inside of you. So now stuff's starting to get uncomfortable because, you know, the devil don't want that. See, the devil don't care if you give your life to Christ as far as, you know, I believe in Jesus Christ. What he don't want you to know is he don't want you to get past the part of believing to knowing. And what you don't realize, what a lot of us don't realize is there's a difference between believing something and knowing something. Right. If you believe in something, the truth of the matter is you believe, but you're not 100% sure. That's why you believe. I believe that if it smells like rain, it's going to rain. Well, it might rain somewhere, but it might not rain where I'm at just because I smell something that smells like rain. But what I know is that if I walk out my door, and I see raindrops falling, I know that it's raining. So if someone would say, Toy, is it raining? I'm going to say, yep. I'm not going to say I believe so. I know my mother is my mother. If someone comes up to me and says, Toy, is that your mother? I'm going to say, yeah, that's my mom. I'm not going to say, oh, I believe that's my mom. The only way I'm going to say I believe that's my mom is if that she is so far off in the distance, it sort of looked like her, but I needed to get just a little bit closer so I can make sure it's her. 
When you know something, you know it in your being. Satan don't want you to get to knowing. He doesn't want you to get to knowing that you are impregnated by the Holy Spirit with something that has to come forth. Because once you get to that point of knowing that that's what's going on, you're going to you're going to get to another place. You're going to get into another situation, and then that situation is usually to get to a place where you begin to nurture that which is in you. And what happens is at first it gets uncomfortable. And then it becomes slightly beautiful, and then it becomes uncomfortable again as you go through the different stages. Like that first trimester as you're just starting to get big, yeah, that's a little uncomfortable. Your body's stretching, the baby's growing, you haven't been that big before. Like it, your, your uterus shrinks back down the sides every time you have a baby. It takes a little bit of time, but your uterus shrinks back down the sides. It got to stretch all over again. That's a little painful, uncomfortable for a female. But guess what? That's what's going on in the spiritual realm. And that's why it seems like you're under attack because it's uncomfortable because that which is in you is fighting against that which was in you because it wants to survive. It wants to live. And once you know that that baby is there, then we begin to take care of it a little bit different. We know that we're going to have that morning sickness, so we prepare for that morning sickness so it's not that bad. You know, we get to praying more. We get to reading our Bible more. We get to studying more. In the physical, we get some crackers, some dry, flat ginger ale, things like that. But in the spiritual, we get to st- not, you know, we don't just pray when we go to church. We start praying on our own now because there's something being birthed in us. Then by the time you get to the skin trimester, that spiritual birth, it get good again. It get comfortable again. But that third trimester, whoo, they don't prepare you for that one. Because now you're going through birthing pains and you're not even in the birthing process. Now you are in a situation where, where you thought, you know, like, okay, this baby is coming, but now your, your body is getting you ready for the baby to come. In the spiritual realm, your spiritual man is getting you ready to birth that which God has placed inside of you. So it hurts. And we ain't even going to talk about the birth and pain, you know, when you actually go into labor and your body's opening up. Some women have laid on the hospital beds and told their husbands, their children's father, I hate you, I can't stand you, I should never let you touch me. They try to hurt them. That pain is real. Mm-hmm. It's the same in the spiritual. And for us to think that men and women of God, pastors, apostles, bishops, don't go, we go through it more than anybody. Because not only are we birthing what God is birthing in us, but then he has us laying before him to birth stuff in you. The different members, the different listeners, the different followers. So, yeah, it hurts. Don't let nobody tell you it don't hurt. And then you have those like Sarah that get tired of the weight. So they're going to move out on their own. They're going to try to do what they're waiting on God to do. 
And just like Sarah and Hagar's situation, it comes back to bite them. Because, like, everybody always looks at Sarah like she was the bad person, and she did play her part. Like God said, Sarah was going to give birth to his seed, to his, to, to his chosen seed, not Hagar. Sarah decided, like you said, to bring Hagar in the midst. But the two people we tend to always overlook in that situation is Abraham and Hagar, because Abraham knew he shouldn't have done it, and Hagar knew she shouldn't have too. They all had to agree in that situation. And sometimes we find ourselves in situations because we trying to move to do what God has shown us he was going to do, and we try to do it too fast. What happens is we bring in a Hagar. I don't know who your Hagar might be. It might have been switching jobs so that you could get the position that God told you he was going to give you at another job. It might have been moving to another location when you shouldn't have, or it could, like, I I don't know what your Hagar situation might be. It it could be you trying to make somebody jealous with somebody else or whatever, but you done brought your Hagar in, and now there's another birth-taking process. And because you done brought this Hagar in, you done slowed up your birth process because we forget that God made a promise to Abraham that Sarah interfered then. So because of the promise that he was going to make his seed great, that baby that came from Hagar was his seed. Ishmael, he had to make them great. He had to keep his word, just like he did with Isaac. It's just that Isaac was God's chosen seed. But he still kept his word with Ishmael and all of Abraham's other children. But so we we have to be careful because sometimes the weight gets so and such that we will bring situations into our lives that will not only cause us to have to reap different harvests, but it will also hinder that which God promised us. Amen. Amen. And I was thinking about when you were talking about the the birthing. I was thinking about my oldest child, and um, my oldest my oldest child is my roughest pregnancy. Um, he, oof, I couldn't hold anything down, and forget the first trimester. How about the first two? Mhm. Um, and by the time um, I finally could hold something down, I was six months. Um, and he, I went into, I went into preterm labor. Mm. So they was, but they was, they was able to stop it. But for about two weeks straight, every day I went into preterm labor. They would stop it. They would think I was okay. They would send me to a regular room about 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm on my way back to labor and delivery. <laughs> my contractions are too close. They give me the medication to um, to stop it. They get it back under control, send me to a regular room. Here we go, back to labor and delivery. 
out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, finally get to a place where it's stable after staying in uh, <laughs> staying in labor and delivery for, like I said, about two, three weeks I was in labor and delivery. After which, you know, um, they finally was able to put me in a room for a few days without going into any type of labor. Uh, and the one thing, when I tell people about that, that part of it, I had a doctor when I first went in. I told him how I felt, which was I was feeling pressure. And he thought I was exaggerating hmm. until he... Um, you know, it was no way I was feeling pressure. It was no way I could be feeling the way I uh, am. Keep her, his exact words, keep her overnight, um, but I'm discharging her in the morning because she's making this up. Right. Sent me for, it sent me for an ultrasound, and it showed that my cervix was shortening. I was actually one and a half centimeters dilated already. Mhm. And he came in and he was like, "I am so sorry. Um, this, you know, I didn't think that you was really in, like, sir. First of all, um, you didn't have a right to say that, but we're gonna leave that alone because now I need you to keep me and my baby safe. Mhm. And even even in the the natural, you have people, the Lord has spoken some things, and the person that you kind of like share, I guess to say, for a better like a word, share it with, don't believe that what you're dealing with or what um, what's placed in your spirit is real. Mm-hmm. You know, it 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 can't it can't be it's it's not something that God would say or God would do or what or whatever have you in that in that case again I went almost a month between labor and delivery in a regular maternity room and one day I almost died literally wow. From a mistake of the hospital, they overdosed me with a medication. Um, the the night nurse put up two bags of the same medication when she was put up supposed to put up two different meds. Mm. And um, the nurse that my morning nurse actually got in trouble. She got wrote up, and I asked the question: How did she get? You know, how did she get wrote up? for something that somebody else did. That wasn't right. her mistake. And they said because she should have caught it as soon as she came in the door. Okay, she should have caught it, but the other person shouldn't have done it. Right. But it was, right. Her, responsibility. It was her responsibility to check and make sure that the other person did their job right. Mhm. And and you know what? It, it's funny because that's sort of the role of the church, what it's supposed to be. 
like often you hear us talk about the church as a hospital, right? And a lot of times, as you said, when you tell someone, one, even that you have been impregnated with a, a, a gift of any kind, depending on who the people are, I hate saying it, nine times out of ten, it's inside the sanctuary. But, uh, no, you ain't been saved long enough for God to do that. God wouldn't tell you to do that. What you mean, God? Mm-mm, that ain't God. You should pray on that. They'll tell you you're not even pregnant when you stand in there big, full around with it. And then you have the times where you have the different leaderships that is say, I, I know that God wants you to do this, and I know that God wants you to do that, but you haven't been pregnant long. You're not feeling that pressure to push yet, just like that doctor told you. No, it ain't time yet. Now, by rights, what they are supposed to do is what that, that they are supposed to keep y'all safe. They are supposed to keep y'all there, keep y'all safe, and make sure that they have you. Like once they stop the labor, then they're supposed to, you know, put you back in the regular room and to make sure you're okay, but you're still in the hospital just in case it pops back up. And that's what the church is supposed to do. If you are birthing something a little too early, the the doctor, the pastor, the bishop is supposed to say, "Wait a minute, let let's 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 see, let's check this, let's watch that." And if it can be not stopped, but you know allowed to wait, then you get placed in a regular room. We gonna watch you because that thing's sitting to come real soon. But you don't need to be blocking labor and delivery up from somebody who's thing is coming out. And then what we're supposed to do in the church is we're supposed to help you through that birthing process once that birthing process starts. Unfortunately, what we do is we get mad because somebody's birthing something. We we will get, oh, don't don't be birthing something. And you bet not have been birthing something and you ain't been saved over 12 months. I mean, you at least got to have 12 months in it, it before you be birthing something. I mean, ain't no way. I mean, even in the physical, you pregnant nine months. You cannot be coming in the door pregnant with something that God done implanted in you. No, you can't. Mm-mm. Now, although I said, no, mm-mm, that don't mean it's true. That's just what people will tell you. Yep. And that's uh-uh, you don't dress well enough for God to use you like that. Uh-uh, you got too many tattoos for God to do that. Uh-uh, your dress is too short for God to do that. God ain't even gave you the Holy Spirit yet. You're not speaking in tongues yet. How you going to say God doing da 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 and you not? Mm. That's what we do, though. And it's funny that we always run, I'm going to always say this, and if y'all don't believe me, check your Bibles. We always run for tongues as being proof that someone has been filled with the Holy Spirit. There are seven different gifts of the Holy Spirit. Different gifts. Patience, meekness, kindness, love, um, humility. Like, all these are gifts of the Holy Spirit. And all of those I just named are, are gifts that you cannot fake. 
The one gift people can say, tongues, that's the gift we use to measure if somebody got the spirit or not. <laughs> somebody singing it up in front of a sanctuary, Shekamaya lion, and then going home raising all kinds of hell and saying, and you think, oh, they are so filled with the Holy Ghost. And they ain't had tongue first. They just faking it for you. I know. Don't get mad when I say that, but it's the truth. Oh, I ain't mad because I, I could tell you some stories about that. But what I, what I did want to say, what you were talking about with, you know, people who like, oh, well, they, they ain't been saved long enough. Listen, my go-to for that is Paul Saul was on the road to Damascus. You better tell it. And while he was on the road to Damascus, um, he, you know, the Lord said to him, Saul, why, why are you persecuting me? Why are you, why are you doing this? Like, which, for as we would say, what's your issue? <laughs> what's your problem? Right. He blinded him with a light. He told him, mm. you know, who to go to. He prepared the person's heart to receive him. Soon as I believe it was Ananias. As soon as he got to him, um, and he he prayed, who was afterwards named Paul, he went right into the work of ministry. Didn't he? It was totally filled with the Holy Ghost. It, it wasn't like, oh well, you know, you got to go through. Well, even though new members, I, I don't, I'm not against new members classes. New members classes, I believe, shows the, to me, shows the um, commitment of the person. But mm-hmm. he ain't go through new members class. He ain't go through, um, you know, 12 weeks, 10 weeks, whatever amount of weeks that they got to go through um, of 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 things before they can do a thing in the church. Um, he went right to work. Mm-hmm. Right to work. Because what people felt to realize whether they like it or not, a lot of people – are already impregnated before they become saved. It don't just happen when the day they become saved. There's something already in them that needs the right atmosphere to be birthed out. The the day that a person gets saved, and I ain't talking about when they force you as a kid to go up there, or I'm not talking about that. I mean, when it beca- and don't take me wrong, it becomes real for children too. But the day that you really give your life to Christ, the day that that thing really becomes real for you, that thing was already impregnated in you. That's just the day you found out that you were pregnant. That I'm gonna be honest. The first thing you 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 become pregnant with is your own salvation. Right. So that day that you you really give your life to Christ, and here goes the thing: it usually don't happen inside a sanctuary. Most people have already given their life to Christ before they've walked into your sanctuary and walked down your aisle. By the time they walk down your aisle, they have finally found the voice of a shepherd that God has called them to. But they didn't already, they could have been in their bedroom, in their car, in the bathroom, 
wherever. Somebody gonna get mad at the bar stool, in the whorehouse, in the jail cell, and give their life to Christ. And be saved. Because despite what a lot of people teach you, not all people, but a lot of people, salvation is not about your church membership. It is about a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That That's it. And people will get mad. Yep. Not only will they get mad, they will condemn every step you take, every move you make. There used to be a song, every step you take, every move you make, I'll be watching you. Yes, people are watching you. Especially if they think you somewhere in leadership up front. They watching how you walk. They watching how you talk. They watching how you work. They watching how you deal with their children. They're watching how you deal with your children. They're watching how you do your hair. They're wa- and every move you make, somebody's going to have something to say. Yeah, especially if you, um, like I told somebody else, people are watching you, whether it's good or bad. Exactly. If, you, if you're gifted in an area that they either wish they were gifted or or they feel that they're, you know, it's an area that they are more gifted than you or, you know, they become jealous because they're not as gifted in that area or whatever, they will try to do something to you that is out of this world. And we know that we've seen it in the Bible. Matter of fact, let's talk about another another person, Saul and David. You know, mm-hmm. Saul was up with David. Mm-hmm. That man tried to kill him so many times. He could have <laughs> literally just trained David to to be his successor. He could have done so much. David was such an asset to him. Mm-hmm. But he, he got jealous of David. And and here's the part. Some people will tell you, oh, he got jealous of David because he um, knew that David was going to be the next king. That's not why he got jealous of David. Because he was jealous of David before the people started calling David's name out when they came back from the battles. He was already jealous of David. And you know what made him get jealous of David? David had the spirit of God upon him. And people hated that. How dare this poor little shepherd boy, the youngest of his father's family, not even worthy of his father's inheritance. All he was good enough was to watch the sheep. This little shepherd boy, and God had his anointing on him like that, that he the, could step the out. Child. Him. <laughs> huh? The accident child. I said the accident child, the one that the really wasn't supposed child. to be. The one of old age. Like him? <laughs> but that's what made him jealous. 
And that's why people are jealous of you. That's why people are jealous of so many others in leadership. That's why sometimes people are jealous of me. That's why people are sometimes jealous of my husband. That's why they're sometimes jealous of Bishop. That's why that's why they get jealous, because of the presence of God. And now that you know that's what they're jealous for, this is the part you really got to understand. It ain't even really them that's jealous. Somebody's going to say, what you mean? There's a demon of jealousy. And that jealous demon used to be an angel. We have to remember, demons aren't, re- you know, it ain't no new demons been born. Demons are fallen angels. There's a demon of jealousy. And that demon of jealousy will jump, man, that joint like a little mouse. If it can get a hole in, it's there. And jealous because he's no longer before God. So he's going to make other people get jealous of you when they see God's presence on you. Is that, is, is that, is that simple? So when you see it, when it come up, one, you try to laugh at it. Now, understand, I said try because we still in flesh now. I'm going to be honest because I have my good days. I do. I have my good days. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God, for my good days. Lord, you are awesome. Your Holy Spirit keep in power. Woo, I love you, Jesus, because, honey, if it wasn't for prayer and my temperate disposition and attitude, I'd have caught some folk. I'm trying to tell you, but I bless God. I bless God for the power of his Holy Spirit that I can look now at times. Now, sometimes they do get me a little bit off and God snatches me back. However, most of the time I can look and say, okay, Satan, I see that little imp right there. I see that little demon. Okay, (laughs) I must be doing something right for God because you raising your head. I'm going to pray to God to bless that person anyway so you have no choice but to flee. We got to switch that thing. We got to remember this thing is about a spiritual battle. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and wickedness and evilness in high places. We got to remember that fight, and we got to fight accordingly. And then we got to remember, he going, right before the show, you asked for prayer. Girl, the Lord told me to pray, and I was praying. I was going in in prayer, child. I was praying myself happy. I didn't know we had gotten cut off the air. Well, I had gotten disconnected from it. In the midst of prayer. Mm-hmm. I was still praying when I got the text that y'all couldn't hear me. Because the enemy don't want deliverance. He doesn't want bounds to be broke free. He don't want freedom in people. He don't want people to know. He wants people to keep believing in God. He wants people to keep believing in Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you to know God. He doesn't want you to know Jesus Christ. Because when you know him, you are in the place of a personal relationship with him. Not only have you been saved, but you have been saved, signed, sealed, and delivered, and freedom is yours, not just after you close your eyes and step out this house of clay, but even while you're in it. You can have victory. 
You should go into places, and if there's spirits in there, they should begin to tremble, get scared, get noise. And if you know they in there, you should get to casting them out. It ain't got to be no big show or production. Last time I checked, it's still in the name of Jesus that demons must bow, must come under subjection, and will flee. I'm just saying. But that weight is heavy. So heavy made Jeremiah say he he wasn't going to preach no more. He wasn't going to prophesize no more. But remember what happened. That's the next thing he wrote down was, mm, but this thing is just like fire. Shut up in my bones. I mean, got to come out. Got to be birthed. It just hurts being birthed. That is the truth. And here's the beauty. Think about when you birthed your son, all that you went through with your oldest child before he got here. How much of that did you think about when they put that baby in your arms? Mm, None of it. I I, I, I literally almost (laughs) let out giving birth to my oldest daughter. When they put that little girl in my arms for the first time, all that was gone. I remember nothing about that. All I saw was that blessing in my arm. Hold on to that promise. I don't know who out there need to hear that. Hold on to that promise. Elder, I'm telling you, hold on to that promise in the name of Jesus. Satan trying to knock it out. But the devil is a lie. The blood of Jesus is upon you on your pathways. Everything you touch, the devil is a lie. You shall not fail. You shall not fall in the name of Jesus. See, people look at you and they see David because you small build and you look younger than what you are. So they look at you and they see David. What, this little girl? What's she going to do? She can't do that. She this and she that and she this and she that. Did you hear? I heard. Did you know? I know. But here go the thing. Is they talking about all of what they think they know? They didn't see when God sent the prophet to come anoint you as the leader of the generation. They didn't see when Samuel showed up and tried to pour the anointing oil on everybody around you, but it didn't fall until it hit you. Staying tall, staying strong. You are a mighty fortress in the kingdom of God. You are the fortress that God uses to protect his, to protect people. That's why so many elders and uh, uh, pastors and apostles and bishops and, and ministers come to you for advice. I don't know why he's telling me to tell you this tonight. They come to you for advice. They come to you for covering, for counsel, for prayer. Not because of you, but because of the anointing of God on you. You are a fortress for God's chosen. 
yeah, it hurts. And yeah, the weight is heavy. Because a fortress means you take the blows that's supposed to that's being thrown at them because they hiding behind you. But remember that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord rises up a standard in us and for us that is greater than anything the enemy can flow. You are you are a greater woman of God than you even recognize right now. Jesus, tell it to go. Tell it to go. You didn't let it hang around you too long. Tell it to go in the name of Jesus. And you know what it is. You need to tell it. Tell that spirit to go. Tell it to let go of your family. Tell it to let go of your situation. Tell it to, uh-uh, tell it generational curses is over. I know what you might have done to my mama, my father, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles and all my cousins. I know about that, but guess what? You got to cut me free because I'm free by the blood of the lamb. I'm free under Jesus Christ. You ain't seen what God getting ready to do. Tell it to go. And when they speak it around you, tell them in the name of Jesus. People hate when I say this because they say, oh, it's so rude. But I'm telling you what I'm hearing in my ear. You tell them in the name of Jesus, shut their mouths. Shut up. In Jesus' name, shut up before God shuts you up. It's done. It's over. Rise up, Deborah. Rise up, Esther. Rise up, Queen Vista, who had enough pride within herself as a woman of God to tell the king, it might cost me my life, but I'm not doing that request you just asked me. You done bumped your head. Rise up, because they are all in you. Mm-mm, that day of being pushed down is over. Tell it to let you go in Jesus' name. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I'm done with that. I ain't hearing nothing else no more. Thank you, Lord. Mm. We, hallelujah, God. Thank you, Lord. I'm looking at the time, and if I'm not mistaken, I'm just going to go ahead and go on um, with the call of salvation. Y'all got to forgive. No, y'all don't got to forgive me. I really don't care, but I'm going to say y'all got to forgive me because I am a guest on someone else's ministry tonight. But when the Lord speaks and tells me to say it, I'm going to say it. And when it's done, I come back. So here I go. But I'm going to offer you an opportunity to have a relationship with that God that I was talking about, that Elder Alicia Cooper was talking about. And you can have that relationship with him through the way he set forth for you which is his son, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, Esau, Yeshua, whichever name you call him in the tongue that you speak. If you are talking about the God-man, the one who was born of a virgin Mary and laid his life down on an old rugged cross, then we're talking about the same person. And here goes the thing. The word of God says, if you believe in your heart. Now, understand, I told you there's a difference between believing and knowing, but we all start off with just the belief. 
just trusting that it's true. We all start off there, and then when we start off there, God proves to us. That's why the word of God says, taste and see that I am good. Start off with that taste. But if you start off with that taste, I promise you, oh, you're going to see how good God is. So the word of God says, if you believe in your heart and confess out of your mouth that you be, that Jesus is the son of God, that he gave his life for your sins, and I'm paraphrasing it, if you be, that he laid his life down on a rugged cross and rose up from the grave three days later, that 50 days after that he ascended back unto the Father. If you believe that in your heart and confess it out your mouth, you are saved. Now someone says, how can I confess it out my mouth? It starts with just a simple prayer. Some people call it the sinner's prayer. I just call it a conversation with God when you just get real and accept the truth set the truth you just go and say father God I'm here and I'm believing you I'm believing in you and on you I'm accepting the gift of your son Jesus Christ I'm asking him to come into my heart I'm asking him to forgive me of my sins I'm asking him to make me anew in Jesus' name. Amen. If you say that prayer, just let somebody know. Hey, I gave my life to Christ. I asked Jesus into my life. You don't have to wait until Sunday service, Bible study, prayer service. That's all about a, a, a membership. But for a relationship, you could just tap the person next to you and say, hey, I just accepted Christ into my life. You can send a text message out. However you choose to do it, as soon as you do it, according to God's word, you are saved, and we welcome you to the kingdom of God. Now, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing, teaching, preaching sanctuary where you can grow in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and heal from the trials and the tribulations of this world. But until then, bless God, that is why Purpose Kingdom Network is here for you. We are going to bring Brother um, Robert on to give announcements on how you can continue to follow us here at Purpose Kingdom Network. And when he comes back, Elder Alicia Cooper will be back with you. Brother Rob. All right, all right. Real quickly, this is a part of the Purpose Kingdom Network, and I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode, no matter where in the world you are. No matter if you're listening to us via phone or if you're listening to us online, we thank you and we appreciate your listenership and your support. And we thank those that share with their friends and family members. <clears throat> if you want to contact us at Purpose Kingdom Net via email, you can contact us at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com where you can send your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or send a prayer request. We gladly honor that. Uh, and uh, real quickly before um, time runs out, I just want to let you know that tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour, we have uh, Evangelist Cheryl Johnson for In Search of the Truth. And once again, with God's will and God's blessing, we'll be joining us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour uh, with Evangelist Cheryl Johnson for In Search of the Truth. And that's going to be on at 9 p.m. So please uh, join us and don't forget to tell your friends and family members. Anytime you want to hear any of our past shows, you can go to www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. You can simply type in the host name or the show name. You can hear that show in its entirety and add it to your convenience. And, uh, don't forget that we're on Facebook. You can like us on Facebook, and uh, we're at Purpose Kingdom on, uh, at Facebook, where you can go ahead and join us, see our upcoming shows and advertisements. Um, we're also on uh, all forms of media and anywhere where you can download podcasts, we're there. Uh, also, don't forget we have a radio network 
uh, PKNRadio.com. So don't forget to check it out. And uh, with that being said, that's going to be the end of the announcements. And we're going to go back to Elder Cooper, and Elder Cooper is going to close us out. Uh, Pastor Toy, thank you for being obedient and speaking with um, God placing his spirit to all who is who is listening. The weight might be heavy, but at the end of the day, it'll be worth it. Um, what God promised you will be worth the weight, both the the weight IGHT and the WAIT. Uh, again, I'm Elder Cooper, and this is the Healing Hour. Until next time, blessings and favor. Peace. Jesus bless. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.